Should we start the podcast? Friends, the Let's podcast is starting. Um, this is, we're calling it The Complete Guide to Termina. And it's me, Ryan, and it's Zach. That's Say me. hi, Zach. Hi, Zach. <laughs> and we have an old friend back again. Ain't it's been me. here since don't know when. It's a me. It's Jason. Jason. I'm here. Welcome. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, uh, of course. And then, it's funny because like their time now, I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll come on. I don't have anything prepared. It's like, but <laughs> it's, it's it's a good it's a good time. It's, it's it's been a good time every time I've come on and yeah, let's talk music and it doesn't even have to be be music, right? I guess I suppose this is the music episode, but maybe at one point uh, Ryan we was were like, planning I... for this to be the music episode. At one point, Ryan said he'll just splice in the bits into the uh, different episodes, and I'm like, that's a lot of work. <laughs> it can be the It is episode. a lot of work. Yeah, I think that the way that makes less work for me is probably the thing that we'll end up doing. So, Jason, uh, we're playing Majora's Mask. When's the last time you played Majora's Mask? Yeah, um, 3DS Remake. I actually did, do think, like, I played... Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask on 3DS when they released the remakes, and I thought they were, like, quite good, like, the remakes. Um, good, like, quality of life changes, they made the graphics look nicer, like, um, I thought yeah. both of those were quite good. Um, Majora's Mask is my favorite Zelda, I think. Um, I, you know, there's, like, Yeah, mine of... too, I think. <laughs> yeah. There's other contenders, like, well, it's funny, it's, well, actually it's really funny it's because it's the other two in the running for favorite are the other two we've talked about which is breath of the wild and then swinging it's weird those are the ones we podcast mm-hmm. it's almost like we're all in sync here on our favorites <laughs> yeah yeah um so i am playing but you were DS talking earlier for the first time oh. and it's good that's all i was gonna say what were so, you what are you saying ryan um before we started recording, Jason was saying that he had written about the the soundtracks to uh, Breath of the Wild and Link's Awakening, like had actually like had thoughts ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this time around, none of us have any organized thoughts. Yep. <laughs> and hopefully we'll come up with something to say. I think there's enough to say. And I, you know, I do have my thoughts, which they're not all good, I guess. Yeah. Part, yeah. That's fine, you know. So well, let's start at the beginning. This is with yeah. Ocarina of Time. Yeah. And since we're not going to do an Ocarina of Time podcast, here is your chance to say something really smart about the Ocarina of Time soundtrack. Go. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty good <laughs> i don't know it's kind of funny like it's like an iconic game right but like no it's okay it's got a lot of great tunes it's funny because i think at least for me the first so actually the first Zelda game i played i guess is link's awakening but the first like and then the next one i guess the next one was ocarina of time and like a lot of tracks from that i thought were from ocarina of time and then i found out later oh these are actually from link to the past so yeah same same yeah it's it's a very good game i don't know uh um 
the soundtracks that we talked about before on other podcasts uh, were composed by people who were not Koji Kondo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, and, we're in Koji's, uh, Koji's house now. <laughs> yes. Um, he wrote basically all the stuff that we think of as the main Zelda tunes. Yeah. Um, and it, everyone else is just uh, playing off of that. There is. Uh, this one is something other comp- that Zach pointed out. Yes. And I was hoping I would come up with something on top of it to say other than just noticing. I that. do have to point out that this soundtrack is almost entirely Koji Kondo, except for a few of the battle songs, which are done by another guy named Toru Minegishi. Mm-hmm. Who would huh. go on to be a composer in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, no, I definitely recognize the name. When you say this, do you mean Ocarina of Time? or? Oh, I'm Majora's talking about Mask. Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask, okay. I believe okay. Ocarina of Time was entirely... Uh, Koji Kondo. Koji Kondo. Oh, okay. Koji Kondo in his prime. Yeah. No, I, I, I I'm wrong. As I'm, I'm, I pulled up the Ocarina of Time like track list, and I'm just looking through it. I'm like, yeah, there's lots of like iconic themes that are originally from Ocarina of Time. Although I guess a lot of the ones I think of immediately, like the Zelda, like Zelda's Lullaby and like um, Kakariko yeah. Village, are linked to the past, which I didn't know until like later on because I played that later in my life. It's funny because, like, Zelda's Lullaby in Link to the Past doesn't even show up all that much. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of got brought back as this pivotal song for the series. In yeah. a way, it's kind of neat. And also... Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's, like, it's important because it's an Ocarina song, right? Like, all yeah. the Ocarina songs get, like, additional importance boost. And, like, and they, like, you, designed you, you, the Ocarina around Zelda's Lullaby, right? Yes, they had to have. So the fi- yes. you get five notes to compose a bajillion songs with, and yeah. some of those, three of those have to be from this other song that you previously wrote. So really fun to see him working with those constraints to do a lot of a lot of good songs, and then a lot of songs where it's like, yeah, this is good enough. <laughs> so, so some of the Ocarina songs get a little much, where you're like, yeah, you were kind of. We reached the I do feel time. like <laughs> when you get to Majora's Mask, yeah, yeah, um, they kind of had stretched the that whole mechanic about as far as it would go. Oh, and then in later games, yeah. they had to figure out other instruments and other <laughs> ways of doing music. Yeah, I I like that though. I, I felt like you know, as a composer, that's the kind of fun sort of like limitation sort of game that that i enjoy like it's like you, you can only use these notes like come up with like a cool melody and then um yeah i don't know it's fun it's like i feel like you get a lot of creative stuff from that definitely a lot has been said about the restrictions i know that dan bruno wrote a bunch of articles about like deep dives on each of the ocarina songs in ocarina of time um, the YouTube channel 8-Bit Music Theory did a very good, I think just one video, but also a very good video about basically the same idea. Um, and maybe we don't have to talk about that particularly right now. As we move into talking about the Majora's Mask soundtrack specifically, 
Now, what would you guys say is the difference between the Majora's Mask soundtrack and the Ocarina of Time soundtrack? <laughs> Funnily enough, because Ocarina of Time is like, it's in Hyrule and it's like ultra mainline, right? Like I think of like Majora's Mask and Link's Awakening as like mainline games, but not mainline like plot, I guess, in some ways. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, but <laughs> Majora's Mask is the one that has the OG Zelda theme. You know? Yeah, yeah. Which is <laughs> funny. Like, I think about hmm. that a lot. About how Ocarina of Time just does not have the regular the <laughs> Zelda song that you think of. Yep. And it shows up here and it, it kind of it's kind of a funky, like, jaunty version of it a little bit. Yeah, uh, in, in my yes. mind. So I... the Hyrule Field music or the Termina Field music here? Yeah, yeah the, the Termina Field music, yeah. So for a very long time, because I'm dumb, I thought I actually believed that the Termina Field music here was more like a version of Tall Tall Heights in from Link's Awakening. Like I thought that's where they got it. Oh, I I know what you mean, but that's because Tall Tall Heights is based on the original Zelda theme, right? It's just like no, I mean I know that there's there's different versions of the theme. I -hmm. thought like not just I I thought that they had taken the Tall Tall Heights version of the Zelda theme and said, okay, that will be the theme for Termina Field in this side Zelda game because they're have the they have like a similar rhythmic emphasis or something i'm not saying that this is um, a good idea this is a, a dumb <laughs> idea from when i was a child yeah no that i i think i get what you're saying like they kind of have like a similar like driving rhythm type of thing in the back um mm-hmm. and like the the tunnel heights like melody is is basically like at least the beginning of it is just like the main Zelda theme so that makes sense yeah um, yeah to me i because i know like the way they made Majora's Mask, again, this is like the limitations thing where it's like they did it really quickly. You know, they reused like all the like character assets and stuff, which is fine. Like, it came oh, up with a good, yeah, it's like a good explanation for it too because it's like parallel universe or whatever. But to me, it felt like they were like, oh man, we gotta write like a new theme. So they were like, why don't we just use the main Zelda one? We didn't use an Ocarina of Time, so. <laughs> And it's like it's a Termina, it's like Termina Field, but it's it's not just Termina Field, right? It's literally every area after you yeah. like you like heal that's right, that yeah, area. yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like just the entire so the entire overworld is just that, which I don't like. I feel like to me that's that to me felt more like a uh, we didn't have enough time. Let's just use this rather than like a. Um, like, it would have been cool if each area had their own theme, and then, like, Termina Field also had, like, a Definitely. theme. Um, I would have thought, like, um, something, like, a weird version of, like, Hyrule Field would have been cool. I don't know. But uh, I always thought it was strange that it was just, like, the main Zelda theme. But I think it was just, like, a limitation, time limitation thing, maybe. When you talk about the different areas, um, each area has its own music they're all rearrangements of the same creepy theme of like a poisoned world. Um, 
what stuck out to me was it took me forever to figure out that there were actually more than one version of this because the first two are so similar in the instruments that they use that it, I didn't really process that it was a rearrangement except that there are like chimes like jingle bells or whatever in the snowhead version which you don't notice when there's snow around that your brain doesn't process <laughs> that as extra information <laughs> one would argue that's like good like uh mm. like good tracks because you're like oh you didn't notice it but if you were listening i don't know like cause it like blends into the uh <laughs> environment i guess We've suddenly become so accustomed as a society to hear to, to hear jingle bells, Chives. yeah, seeing the snow, yes, yeah, or ste- or steel drums when the I, ocean's nearby. That's right. I think that the the steel drums are kind of <laughs> gratuitous. I think, but like, um, no, the Great Bay does a, a much better job of being a unique version of that. And I uh, I said they're gratuitous, but I like the steel drums a lot for that part. And then the Akana version is uh, appropriately spooky and has like a choral element that is. Yeah, and I'll I splice mean, all these different things in so we can listen to them while we you hear this episode. Oh, nice, cool, cool. Yeah, my favorite thing about the Doris Mastodon track is like the um, all, a lot of the best tracks and tracks that are like unique to the game. I mean, like, they're not in other games where it, like, first appeared in this game, or, like, really, like, melancholy tracks. Um, so, like, the, yeah, yeah, like, the overall music for, like, when you visit, like, the, um, you know, like, the unhealed version of each area, but then also, like, like, okay, so tracks that, like, whenever I think about Majora's Mask soundtrack and, like, what, what tracks, like, first come to mind, um, it's, like, the area tracks, the Astral Observatory, which yeah. I think is a super like unique track, right? With like the instrumentation, but it's like a really it's like really sad. It like sounds happy initially because it kind of vaguely sounds like the um, like the mini game music initially because of the instrumentation, but then it's actually like a really really like melancholy piece. Um, that one, and then also like the um, uh, the Ode to Order or shoot. But, What's it called? Like the one where you, the, the the last song you play to call the giants, like those. Oh, the Oath to Order, yes. Yeah, Oath to Order, yeah. Those, and then um, the like the band, like the Zora Band song, like Ballad of the Windfish, like those are the oh, iconic Majora's Mask tracks to me, right? And they're all kind of like sad. They're all like um, they've all got like a melancholy nature to them. Yeah. In Ocarina of Time, there was definitely, like, it had almost the same idea of a world where everything has gone wrong in the adult Mm -hmm. timeline. Yeah, that's true. they didn't follow through by writing sad versions of all the songs for that. You still musically have basically the same mood in adult land as you have. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wonder... That's a great point because I wonder if like they they played through and they were like oh this actually didn't work that well because I I agree because when I went, when I went back to Kakariko Village as an adult and like the same music played I felt calmed in a way that I thought I shouldn't be because I was like yeah like things are supposed yeah. to be really fucked yeah. up here but I was like actually it's the same music and things seem chill I'm like all right cool like it it didn't have the right effect because like 
like the reason the market works so well is like there's no music when you come out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the the that's kind of the only difference musically between adult and child. Yeah. Yeah. Worlds. Yeah, like Kokiri um, Forest too, right? Kokiri Forest is like yeah, like monsters, and shit, but it's still well, just like Happy Kokiri Forest. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, no, but um, Kokiri Forest. No, but the the Kokiri Village, uh, when you get back there, it's kind of the same uh, vibe as Hyrule Castle Town being dead. Um, it has that crow calling, iconic, Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Crow. Hmm. But back to Majora's Mask. Um, back to Majora's Mask. We should talk what about. What else can we say about Majora's the the Mask? two? What I would argue are like the two main themes of the game, which mm-hmm. is the Clock Town theme and then mm-hmm. the Majora's theme. Yes, because they're kind of oh, like true. the intro to the game. Like the attract mode is those two songs back to back oh you're right yep right yep, yep. uh so the clock town theme is an all-time great especially for favorite. something that you're gonna listen to so much yeah oh, it is really like good. there are so many town songs that i've listened to too for like too long like y'all have played um thousand year door right yeah i hate the report yeah. theme so much <laughs> Uh, huh. uh, I can see that. I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but I guess I don't love it either. So I know what you're saying. And that I game is long, and by the end of that game, I was like, I cannot listen to the song anymore. <laughs> but I, <laughs> no, I don't it's true. Have, um, you're right. Don't, you're right. Don't have that with Clocktown just yet. Rogueport, um, or the Rogueport, or, and a lot of music in the Paper Mario series has so much personality that, of course, it's going to become grating after a while if you hear it over and over and over and over. And mm. um, stuff like Kakariko Village and, yeah, Clock Town, I think is very well put together to not cause you to hate it. And Clock Town has the advantage of having three versions. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Big, big fan of that. I think it's like, I don't know, is it like, well, I feel like it's one of the first games that i can remember with this idea of like dynamic music essentially right or it's it's not really dynamic music it's not like changing on the fly because you know you get like the it's day two now and then it's like a new version but it's kind of like in that realm i guess it's similar to like um what paper mario does where you walk not thousand year door but the first one where you if you walk to the different shops in toad town you get a different version of the toad town theme mm. Oh sure. Um, what um, Banjo Kazooie does all over the place. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Banjo Kazooie does it too. Yeah. So I guess a lot of games in this, like in that time frame, we're doing it. Um, but but what I love uh, Clock Paper Town Mario Day and three. Clock or I like Clock Town Day Two. <laughs> Everyone's got a favorite. <laughs> Let's talk about Two first. Two gets all fast um, in a way that is like mounting tension before being really dire and um the thing is on clock town in day two 
it in Clockdown on day two, it rains, and the the speed up in the music matches the weather in a way that it just really tickles me, and I can't really explain it. Mm-hmm. And then on day three, yeah. <laughs> I like day three a lot. I was just listening to day three about how it's still that song, but there's like some like minor key stuff happening behind it in a very ominous way that's very Yeah, good. they just put some Yeah, it's like in there the world like is groaning. Key. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a really easy way to just like make something sound ominous. You just put some bass notes in the background that are like not in the key. I love or some like, bass notes that are in key. Exactly. Yeah. This is what taught me how to make ominous music. And so <laughs> as not a very good composer, it's a trick <laughs> that I've used more than once. It's a great trick. Yeah, it's, it's true. I guess you're right. Clocktown and Majora's Theme are like the main two of the game. It's, I don't think, yeah, I guess I don't really think of those two, right? When I think of like my favorite tracks though, because like, for me, it's the Battle of the Wind Fish, Astro Observatory. Like those are probably my two favorite ones. I um, have a favorite that we'll get to, I guess. Ooh, it's neither of those. Okay. Um, uh, well, can we talk about Majora's theme a little bit? Yeah. We should, because it's 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 interesting. Um, it appears to be a no key. It um, uh, resembles yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like. Uh, it resembles the poison, like broken version of the you know the overworld themes for the bad places. Mm-hmm. It really sounds oh, similar to yeah. me. Um. And then I looked at them both, you know, like, compositionally, and I'm like, on paper, they are not similar at all. Hmm. Or they're only slightly similar. But I think it's more about the instrumentation and about the use of gratuitous grace notes that just make it sound like whatever your instrument you're playing, you don't know how to play it. Hmm. Yeah, Majora's theme definitely has, like, the... There's, like, a lot of chromaticism, basically, so then you're kind of... Yeah, like, it's... You could say it's keyless, or it just feels like, um, it's a lot, there's a lot of, like, dissonant intervals in the melody, basically, to make it sound, like, and then, like, the way that it moves up and down chromatically makes it feel, like, twist, like, it basically is, um, it's, like, a very twisted theme, like, twisted, like, literally in terms of, like, yeah, like, that's how I would describe it, like, it's, it's, it, it's twisted and it and it like literally like the notes if you look at like how the melody is written it feels like it uh, looks twisted if that makes sense <laughs> um of course it makes sense i don't know because you know yeah unfortunately are, like, i can't show the score to people listening to the yeah. podcast and a lot of ups and downs basically like typically you know this yeah, sort yeah. of standard melody you have like you know, generally movement in one direction, and then maybe you jump in the opposite direction, but relatively smooth is kind of what you expect. And the Majora's theme is like a lot of sharp up and downs and dissonant uh, intervals. Which, yeah, it makes sense. Now, Zach, you said you had like. a, a favorite. Oh, we can talk about my favorite. And uh, oh, is your favorite not the Astral Observatory? It is not the Astral Observatory, though that is a very, very good song. I'm learning something new about my friend Zach. Okay, what uh, is it? We should talk about the dungeon songs really quick, because... Mm, oh! One of those... One they of those are really good. really good. 
They are I, really good. So it's I don't true. think I don't think that uh, what do you call it? Woodfall? I don't think Woodfalls is particularly noteworthy. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I think it is the Deku. But the Deku Palace is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's talk about Deku Palace first, because it's first in the game. Okay. Um, awesome track. It's a bop. It's really good. Yes. It's so good. Um, what else can we say about it? It's playing right now, so think about it. Say something. <laughs> I mean, I think there's, like, some vague, like, I don't know. To me, it feels like there's some vague, like, Chinese, ref- like, or, I don't know, like, Eastern, traditional Eastern, like, um influence because the melody i'm just playing thinking through the melody in my head right now it's like it's very like pentatonic um which is often like okay cliche sort of like chinese or japanese like traditional like music um yeah often gets you know uh like a way you could like very easily make something that sounds kind of like that is to just use like a pentatonic scale so like the melody for deku nets palace is basically like a like a pentatonic melody, so it, I feel like it's kind of playing on that, and it, like the the way the game looked, like the whole, yeah. way that whole area looks, right? It's, I think it's just trying to do like a kind of like Oriental Eastern thing thingy. It's it's trying to establish the Deku society as a foreign yes. culture from yeah. the human clock town society, and yeah. that like we haven't gotten to that on the podcast, but they have a really unique uh really distinctive architectural style and like visual aesthetic yeah and so i think yeah leaning on a pentatonic feel for the music really adds to the idea that you are in a foreign land yeah absolutely very good and then there is the woodfall temple dungeon um which i think is extremely noteworthy because um it is it it's you know a totally it's it's almost non-musical right it yeah. has a lot of uh, percussion and it has some vocal whooping and it's unlike anything in Zelda up to that point um the uh forest temple in Ocarina of Time had a similar approach to being like kind of just ambient um, not really focused on uh, kind of trying to be disorienting. Mm-hmm. Like the forest temple is, um, doesn't have a clear, uh, narrative to the music. Uh, and I think that that idea was taken even further with Woodfall to create something that is, uh, almost just like what Link is hearing in that space, not even like a soundtrack, mm-hmm. but yeah, like ambient, like ambient. Almost. Yeah, sounds yeah. and stuff. I guess I wouldn't. I'm listening to it right now again because it's been a while. I don't. I guess it's not really ambient, but I know what you mean. Let's say I also maybe would put like the Fire Temple in Ocarina of Time oh, in the same good category, point. right? A yeah. lot of percussion yeah, yeah. and like yeah, <laughs> Be, maybe, and maybe even more so like the non like the pre-band version with like the yes, the, chant. the chanting. Yeah, we're gonna have yeah. to put the. Uh, chant version on here. Can we do that? Fire Temple music. We're gonna get banned yeah, from I'll iTunes that. for that. I'll thumb my nose at Nintendo <laughs> of America. You know what? Good. They need it. Um, <laughs> for 
refusing to. <laughs> Zach is mad at Nintendo because they didn't announce a direct. I'm having um, a rough time, uh, <laughs> in a way that is probably refl- reflects poorly on me, but that's okay. Uh, as opposed to the Woodfall Temple, I like, I like the Snowhead Temple song a lot. Yeah, that 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 I'm one is great. Snowhead memorable, now. memorable to me. Uh, Snowhead, Snowhead is, is the one that that's little... just like yeah. the wind chimes, wind and the chimes. Um, oh, and the like the really nervous music. I remember this. It's now. got the little jaunty. Uh, thing yeah, that's in the good. Middle. Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. It's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that you know what I don't like. As of today, I'm not scared of Snowhead Temple. I feel like I understand that dungeon pretty well, but I think that the, um, you know, the, those uh, anxiety chords uh, really match how you should feel the first time you go through a temple. Yeah, I'm really into those anxiety chords. Um, <laughs> I love the um, the boss battle music in this game, actually. I think it's like one of my favorite boss battle themes in like any Zelda game, actually. Um, and, and I think it's this, yeah, I think it's the same for all four bosses. But I mean, I guess I associate it uh, most yeah. with the Dol- the Adola fight just because it's the first time you hear it. But right. Yeah. Love that track. Uh, can we think of anything to say? It's it's very good. Um. It feels just like an extension uh, of what they did with the Ocarina of Time boss fights, I suppose. But it's it better. It feels. It definitely feels better. Like, it, it to me, it feels much more. I don't know how to describe. Okay, I, I'm trying to. It feels like a complete song where I, my memory of the Ocarina of Time boss fight is not too clear, but I that feels more like a 30 second loop of a song mm-hmm. as opposed to this, which has like statements within it i just yeah i i feel like when i think about the ocarina of time soundtrack i think of, i there's a lot of good tunes but they all feel relatively like self-contained like gerudo's valley and lost woods and like zora's domain like all these like really great tracks that came from this game right like they're really good by themselves but they could have been from different games in some way whereas like when i hear something Mm -hmm. that's like majora's mask it feels like distinctly majora's mask and that's true for like the boss theme as well like like well i think that's true for i feel like that's true for ocarina of time in general right the whole game is like kind of in the generic mode of fantasy story you know very yeah uh like kind of just doing a link to the past again but in 3d oh my that's, gosh that's yeah take. no no i was gonna say something <laughs> similar like it's definitely composed from a more link to the past perspective and more like i need to compose yeah. this amount of tracks for this thing and not really think about the interconnectedness of the game's soundtrack with the arc of the game yeah yeah, yeah. and they weren't and they, trying feel- to give ocarina of time a unique identity against any zelda game mm-hmm no, they were just trying to get that, that game that out the door. there were that many Zelda games. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it ends yeah. up sounding kind of samey, like it, could, like that music could belong anywhere. And some of the like 
world of that game could fit into any number of fantasy worlds and some of the plot could fit into any number of fantasy plots but majora's mask has a unique perspective a unique uh aesthetic that it wants to create and that comes across in the music very much as everything is uh contributing to the mood yeah yeah Yeah, it's like a focused aesthetic basically yeah that's that's i think that's maybe why I like it so much. Like the focus, and I like focused aesthetic, but also like focused gameplay. Like my favorite thing about the game is like Clock Town, right? And like all the characters, and like it, it feels very dense. There's just like there's not that much space, mm-hmm. but like everything, everything has like a lot of detail and like importance, and like all the side quests and the stuff. Like that's my favorite part of the game, and um, yeah, the music of the game also it just feels like everything fits in like perfectly for this game specifically like i'm trying to think i actually don't think like the majora's mask boss theme fits would fit another zelda game as well as it fits this game specifically oh interesting could be yeah now because now i'm curious because this is this is how i start um like when i <laughs> when i write articles right like things like that it usually starts with like me having this idea of being like i feel like there's i have like this inkling that like there's something going on with like the musical identity of this game that makes it such that a lot of the music written for this game really fits in this game specifically like it always starts with this like feeling and then i'm like okay i'm gonna transcribe like all the songs <laughs> in this game and like look <laughs> for patterns and like yeah, right that, that's often how um this goes so now i'm kind of like ooh, well I, dude maybe, maybe i have like, another topic if i uh, encourage you to pursue this however we're working up to something and so we have to talk about the great bay temple music which i am not impressed by oh it's it's just like a more mechanical thing that is kind of what's what's this doing what's this doing in the foreground it's like the wormy electric piano sounds it's i don't know how to describe this yeah i have it's, it in my head like i it's very memorable for me for some reason i don't know why maybe it's just like pipes it sounds like pipes right like the drums at the beginning they sound like, yeah um, yeah yeah which is i, a don't, cool I just touch. don't think much of the song it sounds like pipes and welcome to a dungeon that's a bunch of pipes <laughs> yeah. um i, yeah, so I, I mean it's <laughs> I yeah literally loaded i don't up. like it either I have to do that next thing I do in the game, so you know, we'll get there. Uh, yeah. We should talk about. My we have a whole episode song. to do. Oh, okay, so then in there's the entire a fourth game, dungeon. Maybe I'm gonna say this just to see how it feels with my mouth. This is maybe my favorite Zelda song. Ooh, let's go! Whoa! It's up there, actually. Oh, Man, now that we're going through it, now that Stone we're it. Tower Temple. Yeah, I don't it know that it actually is, but it's really good. It is really good. Um, again, this is like a track where I'm like, I think it fit. It, it does. It would not fit nearly as well in any other Zelda game. Like, it fits Majora's Mask specifically. It's really interesting to me that they pursued, or that Kondo pursued, like for all the dungeons up to this, the soundtrack to that dungeon is going to be mostly ambient you know a lot of just 
background noise and then kind the of last. a melodic figure kind of fading in for a little bit. And then here it's like... Well, this is this is a song. What can you even say? <laughs> yeah, this is this is this is a song song. Yeah, it it was really impactful, right? The first time you hear because it's like it's the last one, and the, like yeah, like unlike the other ones, this one's got like a melody, and it's like, God, yeah, there's something. It's just like the aesthetic of the game feels so focused, and like it, I feel like it gets you to feel exactly what they want you to feel, and you like know what they want you to yes. feel. Whereas like I don't know, you know, that that can be said about a lot of Zelda games or a lot of games generally. It's like. So cool. <laughs> Man, this game's so good. Now I want to replay it. Aha! Mission accomplished. Okay. Um, I don't have anything else to say about it other than it's good. The, the, that's the um, song we're talking about. It has two versions. It has two versions that I have trouble telling apart. Um, What can we say about the, the inverted the... Stone Tower Temple music to distinguish it from the preverted version? It... The inverted has got like those like kind of high pitched like worrying. It almost sounds like it's not reversed audio, and they, they didn't do that. But it's um, they didn't have okay, the way, for that. Yeah, the best way I can describe what it sounds like is it sounds like the sky. It's like high pitched, and it sounds it's like this high pitched whirring. And like in my mind, it like represents the sky because that's like what you see on the ground when you're in the inverted view. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds okay. It sounds like it sounds like the sky, where like because it's below you, it sounds like the void. Because like if the sky's above you, it's like okay, that stretches infinitely. Yes. That's fine because it's above me. But because it's below you, it's like an endless void, right? And th- this is that, good that because we're going to talk about this episode for an entire hour later, and we need to start getting our ideas out now because there's <laughs> like <laughs> it's going to take a lot of talking to fully understand what Stone Tower Temple is and why it affects our brains so much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you are l- leaping over the void. Yeah, and you're and I yeah, think that sound like, that. F- that effect sound that they add to the music yeah i think it like it it's a good music like musical like sound representation of like the void to me that that's how i hear it that's like the difference between the two tracks is that sound effect it's interesting that like as far as i know um in uh later zelda games that have wanted to reuse music from uh, previous Zelda games, this doesn't get touched, and you almost expect that it would because it's I, a really iconic and recognizable melody that would be good to use somewhere else. But if they used it somewhere else, it would cheapen it. So yeah, good job, guys. Uh, yeah, Don't do it. Agreed. I'm like, I'm so glad they never reuse any of these because it's like it, it. Well, first of all, it's like Termina, right? So like, unless you are revisiting Termina, like, and I don't think it makes sense to reference something <laughs> from here this is like it's like this is this is all self-contained and yeah. it should, should remain that way it's like um what else is there to talk about um the band like music within like music within the game yeah music within music i don't know the um yeah like the band uh, you talk about the, the ballad of the wind fish let me listen mm-hmm. to that again 
It's the one that you play on the stage with all four. It's like a, that's a, the ballad of the windfish. Yeah, it's a. No, oh, that's what you were saying. Sorry, it was playing in that, my head. Yeah, it's an ocarina song that's not actually one you get. It's just one you end up performing as part of a very cool set piece event. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good. Oh, okay. Uh, you know what? I'm not thinking of that track. I'm thinking of the um, the staff credits theme, basically. You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, the Indigo Goes song. Yeah, the, yeah. Like they're whatever they're making. The song that you that song is so in during that quiet. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's right. You learn like the bass riff, and then you learn like the the guitar answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is it is cool that that's the staff song. That's the that's the credits. Yeah, that's one of that's also like iconically Majora's Mask in my mind. And again, it has like whatever that melancholy sauce they put into all the tracks. Like it's so mm-hmm. quintessentially Majora's Mask. Like. Hmm. I've got a. I feel like I've got it because I. Okay, when I was like, I when I was listening to Stone Tower, like Stone Tower, the melody has got that pentatonic thing going on as well. So same as the Deku Palace, both have that okay. minor pentatonic scale that does. So I feel like that's definitely one element of something sounding very Majora's Masky is that. But it's not okay. true for everything. I don't know. So. I want to potentially transcribe this stuff now. <laughs> okay, well, I think that Majora's Mask has a couple of different registers, right? And there there might be a pentatonic register for the uh, foreign and mysterious <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that is in the Deku Palace and is in the, uh, the Stone Temple Tower and might um, also be in... Uh, Majora's theme or in the uh, problem overworld theme mm-hmm. um, we might look at that or you might look at that when you're transcribing things um, and then it has like a more homey uh, uh, a normal register you might say for Clocktown and uh, you know these other kind of domestic elements Mm-hmm. Maybe. If you end up using that idea in your essay, then please credit it to Ryan's idea of the two registers. <laughs> but you don't have to use the <laughs> names that I thought of because I don't think they were very good. Oh, yeah, I got you. <laughs> Here's what I want to change the subject to. I think this is uh, something that we kind of glossed over at the beginning, but I think it bears a little bit of investigation. The uh, Ocarina songs that you play and the opportunity to play four different instruments with the transformation masks. Uh, yeah. It's good. Uh, if we look at the Ocarina songs that are unique to this game, um, like the Song of Healing is such a big deal. to It's the like Zelda's lullaby of this game. Yeah, and they—it's like another place where the, um, the like, melancholiness is deep in the bones of this game, and it's an in, another interesting case of um, composing something for the ocarina that only has five notes. Am I correct in that You're it's getting... the mm-hmm. the three notes of 
Um, the Song of Healing is also the three, first three notes of Oath to Order. Did I have that correct? I don't think so, no. Uh, no because no. the okay. Oath to Order is just on the D minor chord. Okay. Yeah. Right. Song of Healing finally is just um, Saria Song backwards. Oh, good. Saria <laughs> Song backwards. Yeah. With like, and they're just completely. So it has that weird in interval in there. It's just, yeah, it's a, yeah. I was thinking, I think that might be another quote, defining feature is like the use and prevalence of the tritone interval. So that's just yeah. like very, like, sort of tradition in traditional classical music that's like the, you know, devil's interval or whatever. It's like the most dissonant interval that you can have. So, like, you're not supposed to make leaps from, you know, uh, fourth scale degree to seventh scale degree because that's, uh, that's a tritone and it sounds like bad, basically. Um, but um, Song of that's Healing why is Saria's sound. The, yeah. Yeah. So, so, Saria's song doesn't sound that way, but Song of Healing definitely like has that descending tritone. Um, so I don't know if that's gives it some of its like melancholy or nature. Yeah. Look at look at when you're when you're transcribing Majora's theme and the the other theme scary t town theme i guess that's something else that i want to look for now and i don't have the score in front of me um yeah. when you he's turned other... this into a real thing that's happening now hey see, see what he did see what I he did there have this power over people <laughs> i think i do at least um the other songs like i i'm consistently disappointed by the songs that opened up the first three dungeons um, oh i just I don't, don't think they're very interesting or cool i never think of those they songs aren't really used in very fun ways it's kind of perfunctory almost although the fact that you must take on the form of like the guy who is able to play that song correctly um is kind of interesting that makes it more fun that like uh, if you play the Sonata of Awakening on the Goron drums, then the Temple of the Woodfall Temple is not going to open for you because you're not a Deku. Right. Yeah, it's it's pretty dark. It's like you're like inhabiting someone else's body and then like playing the thing that only they can play or whatever. It's yeah, that is kind of gross. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then the Elegy of Emptiness is like. Oh, that's right. Um, is appropriately like disturbing for <laughs> the effect of creating a weird corpse totem to stand around with a rictus grin on its face. Um, so that's a good song. I wish almost that the um, what do I wish? I wish that the mechanic for activating the Elegy of Emptiness wasn't so much work so that the puzzle of using the Elegy of Emptiness could be used in a more fun, not annoying way. Yeah. That's a mechanic that... basically what they did in uh, Wind Waker, right? And then yes. later again in Twilight Princess in an even more uh, user-friendly way. Yeah. Okay. They, they're like, this is a good idea. We need to iterate on this. And they did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. I don't like right now i can't even remember what the the like the dungeon opening 
checks sound like so i guess they weren't that good or like that memorable the one i do remember is the elegy of emptiness because you have to play it a million times so i'm like yeah i remember how, i don't remember how that goes <laughs> so and it's an example of something that they pointedly did not make fun to listen to over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so th- then the fact that you, like, the the dungeon opening songs are not great, but I think that the idea of using music in the world is developed in a not half bad way where um you have the uh the side quest where you um put together that song with the indiegogos you like carry a musical idea back and forth around the studio um and it gets developed in this really fun almost realistic way yeah uh that quest is really good and then when you play the ballad of the windfish on the stage at the milk bar uh I think that the the song "The Ballad of the Windfish" is not the best one that is composed for the instruments in this game. It must be really hard. Like, okay, it's bad enough that we need you to make like these little tunes that open a dungeon or activate an effect using just these five notes. But now I want you to write a piece for four instruments and each instrument <laughs> yeah. has only four notes and they're all the same five notes um so uh, it's yeah, no surprise like they that the <laughs> they did pretty good this version of the ballad of the windfish is uh it, it's okay and yeah. it's and like that's a, a ton of fun to actually play out yeah i think they did pretty good considering the difficulty um, I have a thought, which is one I've, like, I just think about this a lot. It's one of those things that you just randomly think about. So, you know, for the, like, for the four areas, right, you've got the same, like, sad theme that plays in all four, but the yep. instrumentation is different, right? And, like, the first one is in the swamp, and it's got, like, I'm just trying to think of the instrumentation, but it feels, like, very appropriately, like, swamp-like. I think it's got, like... Shoot, and now I'm like having a hard time like articulating like why that is. But the instrumentation feels appropriate. I I agree. Uh, it's maybe we can go. It's uh, it sounds like because it sounds like a swamp. I don't know how to describe sure. <laughs> why that is. Or um, but okay, what I was gonna say is like I think that one stuff feels like very appropriate. I feel like the 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 snowhead one feels very appropriate again. You know, like jingle bells or whatever. Like the instrumentation yep. feels like very snowy. The ocean one's got steel drums and whatnot, and that feels like, okay, you're by the ocean. How, like, I feel like they got, they, like, whatever they did with, like, Iconic Canyon, like, I feel like they did it right, but, like, how would you even describe, like, what characterizes Iconic? Because, like, it's just a canyon, right? Is and, and But I think it's, like, the idea is that it's, like, haunted by, like, yeah. death. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got the, so, like, like what vocal is the... version. Uh, it sounds like exactly. a guy, like a ghost, a moaning. Yeah. Because I, I can't, I, but I feel like it's not just that, right? Because you're saying like the main, like the melody is carried by like a vocal thing, but yeah. even like other than that, like I feel like the other instruments too feel like they. 
Well, you have very spooky piano. To it. Yeah, I feel like there's like a low bass, like there's more of a bass presence that feels like very um, like death archy maybe, or it feels like it's um, something about death. Yeah, I think there's like a lot of like bass notes. Oh yeah, there, yeah. It's like the really low piano. There it is. I just started listening to it. It's like the first like sound that comes in other than the low rumbling is there's like a really low bass piano. That sounds like like a, it's like a and death march kind of thing. Later on, uh, a weird flute comes in that's spooky. Yeah. Oh, I love this track. It's so good. I don't think I like got it as yeah, a kid because as a kid I don't think I initially realized it was like about death and I was just like it's a canyon why is it? Um, but <laughs> that makes sense. It's... The synth um, when it kicks yeah, in I is think real. Yeah, I canyon is. Let's hear that synth. This is the most Twin Peaks the song this the soundtrack gets right here. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is some Angelo going on here yeah yeah it yeah it feels like a death march if it, it feels like a you know what the term is it's like a dirge yeah right march. actually when i think of and, and i feel like the reason i know this is because there's a track in animal crossing kk dirge but like same <laughs> vibes it's like a death march yes kind of thing yeah hits let's see milk bar song is good oh you're right the milk bar is really good oh it's when i characterize it i feel like oh right even the ones that are like mostly happy sounding like the milk bar it still has like it's still got a little melancholy note to it and i don't know why i think it has to do with like the har- like the harmony of it or something i would Chord like changes. to yeah this is a very specific one I want you to look at in your <laughs> series of essays that you're going to do over the next year. <laughs> that, like, is the, is the melancholy aspect of the milk bar inherent to that song, or is it just a matter of the, like, what we know about it? Like, it has, because it's the scene of so many, like, sad exchanges in the game. Yeah. Um, it seems like it should just be, like, it, we associate sadness with it. Um, but if you can pick out what makes the actual music sound sad, then I will release you from your contract <laughs> to write all of these articles. I'm listening to it right now. It's, it's very happy sounding, but... Yep, that might just be us projecting on it based on knowing circumstances. Uh... I have a uh, final song I want to talk about, but I'll wait till the end. Okay. I think we might be near the... Oh, do you want to talk about um, uh, Camaro <laughs> and the Roses? That's what, I, that's what I had in my head, was Camaro's dance. Is that what you were thinking about, Zach? No, I have something else. Talk about Camaro's dance first. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, hey, another point where if i'm not mistaken the pentatonic register of majora's mask makes an appearance um am i wrong Uh-oh. um i'm listening to it right now is it maybe not sure about oh this no there's definitely a pentatonic run in there 
Oh. Or is it? But not? it's also got it's also got some. I think it's got some like tritone stuff going on. Okay. It's also got yeah. This uh, is. I mean, I feel like a lot of this is like based on maybe like folk stuff, like Japanese like folk music. Maybe I'm not super yeah. familiar, but like when I listen to like the flute, it feels it feels kind of like that. Um, it has the the grace note thing I was talking about. Um, yeah, you get yeah, that's what I'm thinking theme. of too. Uh, which adds to a sense of like because these are all midi instruments but uh when you add that kind of thing then it makes it sound as if it were a live instrument and so you have more of an like i guess down to earth feeling to the music um more real or present maybe um and then the rosa sisters it's like the twin of that music. Yeah, it's the same melody. The same it's just music. like yeah. it's the same melody. It just got more instrumentation. And actually, now that I list, am listening to this, it's like very similar instrumentation as like Kakariko Village in Breath of the Wild, right? It's like these traditional oh, like, Japanese instruments, like the drums as well as like the uh, yeah. I think this is just like traditional oh. Japanese. Yeah, I can hear that instrumentation, right? Um, and that's interesting because, shoot, how do I want to put this? Um, having like a more traditional setup, almost in the same way as the Deku Palace, um, it contributes to a feeling of like Termina having a culture. Yeah. In a way that Hyrule feels like. Uh, well, it's you know generic Europe, um, but <laughs> yeah. like if if Majora's Mask were using the these techniques all the way through, um, I don't think it would convey like the specificity that it does when you just get it in these specific circumstances like this. It's almost like the Termina Field music is the music uh, the soundtrack of. Link running around, having mm-hmm. his like adventure, being a guy, and then when he enters like people's homes, almost when he interacts with the locals on their level, then you get to hear the music of Termina, and it has a distinct flavor from generic Hyrule stuff. Yeah, this is I think, and actually, what you just said, like that, this describes why I think this is my favorite Zelda game and why my favorite RPG of all time is Thousand Year Door is that they both feel like and this is I think this is like a game like dev like storytelling thing too it's like they both feel like they have worlds that would exist and go on and have inter- inter- interesting interactions whether or not you as a protagonist is in it or not yeah absolutely Yes. Like there's an existing It's culture. so funny to say that about a Paper yeah. Mario game, but That's they why really do an so amazing good. job. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. it didn't used to sound weird, but then Paper Mario died, so <laughs> Oh, well, I actually really liked Origami. I didn't like Sticker Star and I didn't like the paint the one in between, but um I actually thought Origami King like was a good game. 
I haven't. I have not played. Uh, when's the last one I played? I've played it, and I have mixed opinions. Mm-hmm. Mario and Luigi's the one that actually died. Shout oh, out yeah. Rip Alpha Dream. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Superstar Saga, right? Okay, did you guys... I reposted this on Twitter. There's, like, a Kickstarter for this game that is basic... That looks like it's, like, a frog, like, RPG. But it looks like Superstar Saga, but it's also got rhythm elements in the battling, and it looks really good. And also one of my favorite, like, producers is contributing music to it, which is how I found out about it, and I was like, this looks so good. Um, What's it called? It's called... I think it's called A Frog's Tale. Here, let me look. It's called... It is called A Frog's Tale. Okay, that might be worth looking at. It's got the GBA aesthetic. Um, yeah, if you watch the trailer, like about halfway through, they show like the battle system. It's like, oh, it like that the UI and everything looks exactly to me like uh, Superstar Saga, but it's got rhythm elements, and I'm like, this is this looks made for me. And it's uh, the the artist I follow that is contributing music to it is um, Lindsay Lowend, who's like okay. The so Kickstarter like for A Frog's Tale, as of this recording, has 28 days to go. We don't know when this podcast is coming out, so it <laughs> might be really urgent. Uh, go to, like, search for A Frog's Tale on Kickstarter. Find out whether they need that last $200. Okay? <laughs> like, like, pull over so you can get on Kickstarter and contribute to this game. Uh, but Jason, really you cool. must have then played Bug Table, Bug Fables too, right? I started Bug Fables, and I I played. I, I feel like I played like ten hours or so, but I think I lost interest. I don't know. I feel like part of the appeal. You know what? I was the same part, way. Yeah. Uh, no, no, but like I got back into it eventually, and I had forgotten some of the plot, but I mm-hmm. like I found out how good it is. Like it, it is worth getting back into. Oh man! As okay. someone who had the same experience of like, oh, this is oh, it's more, it's Paper Mario, which is nice, but it seems like it's just more Paper Mario. Um, no, it like, it really is focused on improving on Paper Mario as much as it is mm-hmm. on recreating that. So, get your money's worth out of that one. All right. <laughs> yeah, I. I, I was just thinking, like, that one... I think the reason I kind of lost interest is, like... Like, they did create, like, a world. I think part of it is just, like... Paper Mario has, like, the Mario... Uh, like, the whole Mario... Um, world, kind of established world behind it. And it's like, yeah, I want to know about the inner life of Goombas. You know? Like, <laughs> it's what... Like, <laughs> I feel like it's a big appeal of the game. And I... And I like I'm like I I'm not I feel less invested in like like the Apes. characters maybe yeah in in uh in Bug Fable but I liked it when I was playing it maybe I was also playing I think part of it was also like made it so that I was playing on like the harder difficulty and I was probably like having more trouble with it than I should have been yes the bosses in that game are too hard that's something. Mm. Were they? I don't remember them. Anyway, I'm watching the uh, trailer for this Frog's Tale, and I think I clicked on about 30 seconds of it when you retweeted it the first time, and didn't realize it was a Mario and Luigi. And now I'm way more interested. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it takes because the trailers. I think the trailers too long because the first like thirty sec, forty seconds even like they don't show any of the battling. But like once you get to the battling, it's like you're like, oh, this is where it's at. Cause it yeah, I was like, really oh, cool. hang on, I like this. I'm I'm yeah. really glad that GBA as an aesthetic is a thing. Me too. Oh, it's that's I've, fun. I have such a yeah. I, I love it. Like I feel like that's probably the system that had like the highest density of games. I played where like I just like like every all of them I really really like like Advance Wars and like Golden Sun and like all those have like a have like a distinct aesthetic that feels very okay, Jason. Homey. We've done I've done this thing where I keep on saying that we have the same thing going on in our gameplay <laughs> habits. So I have to ask, how many hours did you put into Final Fantasy Tactics Advance? Oh no! Like five million, <laughs> right? Like yes, it's okay, game, awesome. Yeah, I, oh. that. So that game, the only like if you like, so you bring you like say the title of that game, and the first thing that comes into my head is the music that plays when you're looking at your menu because that's what you spend the entirety of your game, right? Oh. Is like managing your party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like managing your party and like the like the gear and the um <laughs> the class progression and like whatever yes, that song yes. is it's like not a long loop right that song is in my head forever because i've listened yep. to that on loop for so long oh that that's really, really satisfying yes yeah okay guys <laughs> this is a podcast about Majora's mask and uh-huh. Zach said true. that he had a yes. final thing to talk about. I wanted to shout out one piece of music uh, that actually ends up bookending the entire game. Because when you like first start your file, you get the little like text prompt that explains like the backstory. And then you get this like v- like maybe the most Koji Kondo N64 era song. Mm-hmm. It's like this like orchestral string thing that comes in. That plays as you're like entering the forest on horseback. Oh, yes. It's like it's very it's almost yes. Star Fox sixty four ish. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's so Star Fox sixty four ish that I keep thinking of this as something that is from Ocarina of Time. <laughs> That's a really fun sentence to <laughs> diagram. Well, because of the R. Oh, you're right. This. This this track is goaded. Yeah, this I forgot about this track. But yes, this is like actually so good. And it bookends the game because this is the final mm-hmm. thing that plays. Because you get the whole medley at the end of the yeah. game. It plays the whole Indiegogo song, and then this is like the final thing. Uh, and I don't know that it like as a song thematically connects to much of the rest of the game. It's extremely more of a like denoting when the game begins and when the game ends kind of a thing, and I like it for that. I think I I would like to pursue the possibility that it, like, compositionally resembles one of the forest themes from Ocarina of Time, because it really sounds like it's from Ocarina of Time to me, and it's used to stand in for, like, the forest where the... that is the threshold between Hyrule and Termina. Yep, 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 yep. It actually, I'm listening to it right now, it establishes um, some of the themes that are then used um, in, like, the overworld. Like, the sad songs in the overworld. 
Um, specifically, like the um, like the two, like the repeating note pattern. Oh, I can like yeah. the, the 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 descending repeating pattern. That's the same in all of the um, overworld tracks, like the sad overworld oh my tracks. Gosh, yeah, cool. Yeah, so it's just it's establishing stuff early on, like oh, this is like, and like to me, that's like the termina sound. Like that's, um, mm-hmm. yeah. They 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 put it's kind of like a overture for like a musical or something. Like they put little bits of yes stuff yes 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 later. yes I, I love that i've become increasingly by the day like not obsessed but into this idea of majora's mask as like a performance piece mm. and mm, that like fits Super into Mario that Brothers view that fits into that view very well <laughs> in my head in a way that i yeah. like oh zach man. that's amazing i Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this track up. I forgot about this track. I also forgot about it, and then I'm like, wait, it shows up at the end of the game. This is perfect. Jason? Actually, I feel inspired to write something about this game. If you end up writing something, where would somebody... uh, uh, Where's a convenient place for somebody to find that? On my website? No. And the name of your podcast is... is what? No. My website? Website. I, I was, I was website. prompting Jason to say the URL. Yes. Jason U dot said it while I was saying that. Okay. <laughs> Jason Y-U dot M-E. Got my music there. Oh my well gosh, is that on purpose? My... Huh? What? The you and me thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's on there, yes. Yeah, it's my last name is you, and then I don't know, dot me is like a I don't know. It's like you me, but then it's also like a personal website, so it felt appropriate. Duh. Yeah. Nah, I got, feel stupid. I've got essays on I've got essays on Zelda music and stuff, but and other things. But yeah, dude, this is I think I like the Majora's Mask soundtrack more now after talking about it with you guys, so that's good. You're welcome. It's actually very good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. It's all about focused aesthetic. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. 